Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. If you've written and published anything, you know that first drafts suck. Unfortunately, that whole attitude of it's okay to suck at first has permeated its way through podcasting. And for your business, you really can't afford that. Hello and welcome to another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Conventional wisdom out there amongst the podcasting world is that your first few episodes are going to suck. So just get them out, get them out, and then you'll be all better on the other side. All right. Well, as I stated at the beginning, I'm not sure that your business can afford that. Last night, I was having a conversation with a new prospect, which we're meeting today. And the question was raised about starting a business podcast for this person's firm. And one of the questions this person asked me was, is the market saturated? Is it, are there so many podcasts out there that they shouldn't even try? And of course, my answer to that question is no. There's plenty of room for podcasting with 700,000 Plenty of room for more. I know it sounds like a big number, but it's not in the grand scheme of the number of blogs and the number of web pages that are out there. We've got plenty of room for that. However, what we don't have room for, or what we are quickly running out of room for, is crappy content. And I think that we podcasters, especially those of us who've done it for a very long time, haven't done a very good job of being stewards of the medium in a professional sense. I mean, professional sense. I'm talking about businesses here. So everything I'm about to say is going to be highly controversial if you're just in it for the fun. Or perhaps even if you think there's a... You, you disagree. That's fine. It's, it's okay for you to disagree with me. But right now we're going to talk about the importance of making sure that, you're, that the content you're producing and publishing is actually quality content. So let's go back to that idea of your first podcast episode correlating it with your first draft in writing. Because when you do write something, not necessarily an email, but when you're writing an annual report, when you're writing a monthly report to your clients, when you're writing a book, certainly, when you're doing a case study, that goes through several different revisions before it's ready for public consumption. So true is with podcasting. The very first time you sit down behind the microphone if you've never done it before, and you start talking into it, you're not going to do a very good job. There's lots of things you need to learn. Proper mic placement, diction, pacing, how to tell a good story, all sorts of things that go into it. And as you do it, and as you get better, you will, in fact, get better over time. Yeah, but the problem is, can you afford 
to get better over time? Or do you need to be better when the public sees it? And I guess that's a better way to frame it. Can you afford to make your business podcast better with the public spotlight on it? That's a tough question. Because the only way to get better at doing something is to learn how to be better. Clearly, practice and repetition is a part of that. But also bringing in the right sorts of people and mentors and skilled laborers and knowledge workers who know what they're doing can certainly help. But you, assuming that you are the voice of the show, or whoever the voice of your show happens to be, you or they need to get better, and they have to get better by practicing. And typically... The conventional wisdom in podcasting is release those early episodes to the public, get feedback, find out what your listeners want, because podcasters will tell you, you're not podcasting for you, you're podcasting for them. Eh, okay, I understand that. Get the feedback from the listeners of your show, and that will teach you how to get better. I don't buy it. I honestly don't buy it. Not in every single case. And in fact, maybe not even in most cases. Because in my experience, feedback you get from your audience is, eh, sort of, occasionally, maybe. As much as we talk about podcasting being a great medium for getting instant feedback from your audience, look at the numbers. Think of the challenges that actually takes. And also there's the fact that what about all the people who are going to listen to those early things and go, this sucks. I am not listening any longer. I am not choosing to grab this content because there's a lot of bad stuff out there, but there's also a decent amount of good stuff out there. Even if Sturgeon's Law applies, 90% of 700,000 is a pretty big number. Lots of shows I can't consume. But back to this idea of, of first drafts and being okay with making content that sucks. I think you should be okay with making content that sucks. Yes, I think it's okay to make content that sucks for your business. The problem is when you decide to publish that which you know that sucks. Because the content that sucks right now doesn't have to suck after the next version. You can go back and you can edit. And maybe I mean editorial, where you actually fix the content and re-record. You may have a great concept, just a poor first execution. Fine. Don't publish it if you know that it's not perfect. You'll hear podcasters say, yeah, but perfect is the enemy of done. It's better just to get it out there. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree, at least in some cases, and say that if you know it's not perfect, and it's nowhere near perfect. I mean, when you know there's a difference between having something that is perfect with a few flaws and something that is a rolling train wreck. There's a vast difference, and you should be able to recognize the difference. And if you can't, get someone's opinion. Not the public's opinion, but somebody else's opinion before it actually publishes live. Go fix it. Just fix it. Just go back and redo it if that's what's necessary. I don't care if it takes you seven different revisions to get it better. Do seven revisions. Get it better before it goes out live to the public. It's your business. It's not just doing this for fun. Listeners are getting more discerning all the time. 
So while I agree with my podcasting brethren and sisterin who say you will get better over time and your first few episodes will suck, I agree with that. Where I disagree is what you should do with those sucky things. I think you should learn from your mistakes, you should listen, find out what's not working, and go back and tweak it. I don't care if it takes you a hundred hours to get it right. It probably will. It probably will take you, all in total, 100 hours. You and other people probably, before you've got something that is dialed in enough to release to the wild. If that's disappointing, I'm sorry that you find it disappointing. If you want to buck against my recommendation to publish it live, that's fine. You can do that. I'm not a gatekeeper. I'm just saying that here we are 15 years in, and I think the amount of leeway we're going to get for making obviously flawed, not good, not flawed, flawed's the wrong way to say it, terrible content. The window of forgiveness is closing and fast on your business. So by all means, get better at your craft. Do not publish that first draft or that second draft. Wait, wait, wait until it's ready to go. And then publish it. I'll have more to say this. I'll have more to say about this on future episodes. But for now, thank you very much for listening. I shall be back tomorrow with yet another podcast, Fontifications. Cheers. Didn't even do my normal uh, roll ending. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, 
choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.